அலமதுல்லாஹிஸ்லாம் وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بادروا بالاعمال فتنا كقطع الليل المظلم يصبح الرجل مؤمنا ويمسي كافرا ويمسي مؤمنا ويصبح كافرا يبيع دينه بعرض من الدنيا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله الكريم ربنا الرزق the extent of intellect that Allah Ta'ala has blessed insan with no other creation enjoys this basic intelligence even every animal and creature possesses also and some possess a very high level of intelligence also but the extent of intellect that Allah Ta'ala has blessed insan with this is way beyond what any other makhluk enjoys and it is on the basis of this very advanced level of understanding of intellect that allah taala has blessed this insan with that on account of this he has been made responsible and accountable and he has to on the day of qiyamah give an account of his deeds unlike other creatures animals On the day of Qiyamah, the command will be Kunu Turaba, become dust, become sand. They will perish. There won't be any eternity for them. But this insan, he wasn't from ever, but he will continue till ever. So insan Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with this very superior intellect. And this forces him, or should force him to think, if he hasn't distorted this mind, he hasn't corrupted it he hasn't harmed it with whatever influences are there then this would force him to think to contemplate to ponder to reflect he would look around him am i just here just by the way is this existence just something that just happened by chance what kind of existence allah taala has given me my own creation what a tremendously fascinating way allah taala has created me and all the faculties allah taala has placed in this insan and then allah taala has created this system of this entire universe which makes this insan now be able to do whatever he needs to do in the way that is suitable for him the sun rises every morning to give him that heat that light the moon shines at night the rains come the ground grows its vegetation and crops and then this the animals feed off it and become food for this insan and all the rest of the systems of this whole dunya everything allah taala created for this insan inna dunya khuliqat lakum wa antum khuliqtum lil akhirah that this whole universe this dunya has been created for you but you have been created for the akhirah so now this person ponders a little reflects things then this would dawn upon him 
And even if it is a person who is somewhere in a remote point in some mountain top, who has never received the message of Deen from anybody. But this reflection, if he just applies his mind a little bit, this reflection will make him come to the conclusion spontaneously. That there is a creator to this entire universe who is controlling it, and he is the supreme being, and therefore I should submit myself entirely to him alone. Allah Ta'ala is my creator, Allah Ta'ala is my sustainer, my nourisher. So therefore I should now submit myself entirely to Allah Ta'ala. Then he sees around him all the time, today this person is gone, yesterday that person was gone already, this person now is seeming like he's on his way out, and every day he's hearing somebody or the other is moving on. Every day somebody or the other he is passing, he is helping to carry that person to his grave. Now this makes him also ponder that when is my time? Am I going to be here forever? Definitely not. How long am I going to be here for? No guarantee. That person I carried him to his grave was much younger than me. He was much healthier than me. He was a health fanatic. But I carried him to his grave also. When's my time? I have no idea. So a person who puts his mind to this reflection, he thinks, ponders, and he engages himself in this contemplation, then this will turn him to now submit himself to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is my creator, Allah is my sustainer. Everything I enjoy is from Allah Ta'ala alone. Every breath I take is the gift of Allah Ta'ala. Every morsel of food that I take, the fact that I can still swallow it, it doesn't get stuck in my throat somewhere, and doesn't become a source of me choking to death, and I manage to uh, swallow it down. And then that food goes into the stomach and it then turns into nourishment. This is all the doing of my Allah alone. Every aspect that a person will ponder on, that how am I hearing, what is making me able to speak, this little tongue, that how much it can talk, and every other limb and faculty he ponders upon it, this will bring him to the recognition of Allah Taala. And when it brings him to that recognition and that marifat, that realization, that understanding, then that will force him to now turn to Allah Ta'ala alone. So on the one hand, this is what will become the condition of his heart, the love of Allah Ta'ala will come, the recognition of Allah Ta'ala will come. And then at the same time, as mentioned, that he's seeing every day somebody or the other is on the, on the way out. People who are younger than him, people who are healthier than him, people who are, had everything going for them, people who are so-called in the prime of their life, and all the kinds of descriptions that are given, which appeared that this person still got another 50 years for him maybe. The person is suddenly gone, we carried him to his grave. So when this is the reality as well, so these two things now put together will make him hasten towards doing the best he can. To get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Because once this life ends, it's not the end of everything, it's only the start. When this life in dunya finishes, it's only the start of the eternal life of Akhirat. And the life in dunya is very short. And that is an eternal life. And this is the time to prepare for that eternal life. So now that this recognition of Allah Ta'ala has come through this pondering, through this reflection... And the reality of life has dawned upon him that there is a very, very short time I have. 
this will now make him hasten towards righteousness. And Allah Ta'ala wants us to hasten towards righteousness. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَىٰ مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ وَسَارِعُوا And hasten, hasten towards the maghfirat and the forgiveness of your Rabb and towards the Jannat, the breadth of which is the extent of the heavens and the earth. But this aspect of hastening, hurrying towards goodness, and actually in this word is, وَسَارِعُوا that compete with one another in trying to outdo one another, to get closer to goodness, do more goodness, more righteousness. When it comes to dunya, if you look in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, there was never ever a competition for dunya. But competition for akhirat, yes there was. They tried to outdo one another in doing more good for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone. Not for any kind of recognition to be regarded as somebody who has done a lot. No, no. For Allah alone. But they tried to compete with one another to do more good. In the time of the battle of Tabuk, and this was a very, very great challenge, a very trying time. It was the peak of summer. At that time when in Hijaz, when it rains fire almost, when the whole ground becomes like an oven, and it was that time of the year now when the crops were now close to harvesting. The date crops were close to harvesting. And now the whole year runs on the harvest of that crop. Whatever is going to be harvested in that season, the whole year is going to run on that. And now it's just close to the harvesting time. If you're going to leave now, the chances are that the whole crop is going to rot. Nobody to now take care of it. And in that time, there was extreme difficulty and hardship, poverty. And in that poverty, this command was given, everybody has to go. Nobody is allowed to stay. Only those who have a valid shari reason, somebody is invalid, somebody is very sick, the woman, children, other than that, nobody has any excuse to stay behind. Everybody must go. Normally it would be, there's an expedition, so many people are required, or some people will be asked, you go, and the rest fine. If you want to go, you go. This time there was an open announcement, everybody must go. And Rasulullah also with that says, whoever is presenting himself, I give him the guarantee of Jannat. And they had to go all the way to Tabuk, in this heat, through the desert. And this, de- this distance is approximately 1200 kilometers. 1200 kilometers, there isn't proper transport, hardly any animals. And in the severe conditions, Rasulullah now made an open announcement. This is where we are heading, everybody has to go, and everybody is now being encouraged to contribute towards it. So somebody might have something more, somebody has got something less, but everybody has to go. So now to equip this army. So now when this became the need of the time, when Rasulullah announced, everybody now must uh, do the best they can to contribute towards this cause. Sayyidina Umar Farooq he comes home, and he now, whatever was available, any food, 
half he leaves for the family, half he puts aside. This I'm going to contribute towards the expedition. Any money, half for the family and half I'm going to contribute. Whatever other aspect there was, anything and everything he owned, half he left behind, the other entire half, put it together and he brought it and came. And on the way he's thinking that this time I think I would beat Abu Bakr, radiallahu ta'ala, that he's always ahead of me in good, always ahead of me in doing what is right, in the acts of righteousness, in doing the service of deen, he's always ahead of me. But this time, I think I would now be ahead of him. Abu Bakr also goes home, he also comes with something. But this time, the question of Rasulullah is different. When they come along, Nabi Islam asks in the narration of Abu Dawud Sharif, Nabi Islam asks Umar Oh Umar, what you left behind? So now his quantity was much more. Abu Bakr al-Lawan's quantity was comparatively lesser. Rasulullah asked, what you left behind? So he said, I left half of everything. Whatever it was, half I left behind. The other half meaning I brought it along. So that was a very big thing. Very big sacrifice. Half of everything he brought along. Abu Bakr al-Lawan's quantity was smaller comparatively of whatever he brought and came. Nabi Islam asked him, oh Abu Bakr, what you left behind? So he replies and says, I left Allah and his Rasul behind. In other words, I didn't leave a single thing behind because there was such a desperate need here. And Nabi Islam expressed this need. So I didn't leave anything behind. So Umar says that I realized on that occasion that try as much as I wish, I cannot surpass Abu Bakr But this competition, Umar's desire was to surpass Hazrat Abu Bakr in his righteousness. The thought never crossed his mind any time that I should surpass Usman Ghani radiallahu in his wealth. Abdurrahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala is an extremely wealthy person. I should try and also do something. Sometimes we encourage maybe our children, maybe others. Can't you see what that person already did? How far he's gone in life? Can't you see what car he drives? He didn't see what kind of house he built already. Mubarak to him, alhamdulillah. If he got it earned in a halal way, mubarak to him. But this kind of encouragement, is this in order? Is this fitting in with the type of mindset that the Sahaba had? Hazrat Umar, this came in his mind, that I should try and compete with Abu Bakr and try to surpass him in righteousness. In fact, on one occasion he comes to him and he says to him, that let's do a deal. Let's do a deal. What deal? He says, you take all my rewards, all the virtues, whatever Allah Ta'ala has rewarded me for any good that I might have done, anything and everything that I have, you take it. And in return, in other words, whatever you got, you keep that too. You take everything that I have done. In return, you only give me the reward of one night. The reward of that one night which you spent with Rasulullah in the cave at the time of Hijrah, that reward of that one night, the rest of your life, that too is yours. Take my whole life's deeds also. But the reward of that one night, give it to me. Why? Again, the same, same enthusiasm, that this one night is so great in his life, 
and what he must have earned in that one night, I can try several lifetimes, I won't earn it. So I, if I get this as a gift, obviously this is not something that can be buttoned, but it just speaks about the, what zeal was there in the heart. What was the aspiration? What kind of aspiration and what kind of zeal they had? What, what was, they were thirsting for what? They were hungry for what? Never on any occasion it came in his heart or he expressed anything that I should try and compete with Usman in the wealth that he has. I should try to compete with what Abdul Rahman bin Auf has. No, in this they were competing. So this is what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. وَسَارِعُوا إِلَىٰ مَغْفِرَةٍ Compete with one another in righteousness. The Ummah is going through so many halat and conditions, such trying situations, such difficult circumstances, so much of pain, suffering. This is not something that we can just isolate from ourselves. This is something else happening somewhere else. It doesn't really affect me, it doesn't bother me. I'm in my comfort zone. No, no, we are all part of this one ummah, one body. And whatever happens to the body, the whole body feels it and should feel it. Unless some limb is dead, there's a, some limb, one hand is paralyzed, that leg is paralyzed, so now something is happening to the other part of the body, the leg doesn't share in that at all. But otherwise, every part of the body will feel the pain, something happens to the toe, from head to toe the person is in pain. So when this is the condition of the Ummah throughout the world, then it requires every person to do his bit to contribute towards the goodness of the Ummah. When we talk about this word contribute, our mind goes only generally in one direction. And that is some kind of material contribution. Yes, that too is a very great contribution. That too has been encouraged very, very strongly. And the person feeds a Hungry person, that hungry person, let alone being a mu'min, it might be a person who doesn't have iman also, he gets rewarded tremendously. Let alone being an insan, he feeds a animal also, he gets rewarded tremendously. One very unchaste woman, she gave water to a thirsty dog in circumstances which she went out of her way for that. That became the turning point in her life. That act became accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala, that became the turning point in her life and became the means of her tawbah and turning in sincere repentance of Allah Ta'ala and rectifying her life. But the turning point came, this became the reason. This act of kindness to the dog. But in any case, the point that is that every one of us, it is our duty to contribute to the welfare of the ummah. One is somebody is Dying of hunger, we will try to feed the person to the best we can. Somebody doesn't have clothes to wear, we will try to clothe the person in the best way we can, to the extent we can, whatever other needs of the ummah. But the need of the ummah is for every single one of us and every person to contribute towards bringing down rahmat on the ummah. By means of amal, by means of righteous actions. Because every good that a person does, the good of that doesn't remain for him alone. It starts creating some goodness around. And hundreds of people start doing good, then it will bring so much good for everyone around. And that good will spread. And if the majority of the ummah start doing good, 100% of the ummah will benefit of that good in dunya. Akhirat is a different matter. 
And if the majority of the ummah is in sin, in vice, then even the righteous will suffer the consequences in dunya. On the day of Qiyamah, they'll get separated. But when the evil becomes dominant, then in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, one, on one occasion, when Sahabi asked Rasulullah sallallahu can we be destroyed when there are righteous and pious people among us? Nabi sallallahu said, Naam, Yes, when evil becomes dominant, then everybody will suffer the consequences. Then on the day of Qiyamah, Allah will separate the righteous from the impious. But in dunya, everybody will bear the consequences. Everybody will suffer the pain and hardship of it. So the other way around also applies. When the majority and the, are now on righteousness, and the righteousness is dominating, then the good conditions will prevail for everybody. Now this is the big question mark for each one of us to reflect within ourselves. What am I contributing towards? What kind of halat and conditions am I contributing to bring down? Conditions of goodness, of peace. So how can I contribute towards that? With righteousness, with good amal. Am I also contributing towards bringing down azab? And bringing suffering upon everybody? How? Due to the haram. Due to the indulgence in vice, in sin. It's not something that a person is harming himself alone. He is also contributing to the hardship of the ummad. So therefore this is the need of the moment. That hastening towards good deeds. That thought that comes in the heart and mind. I should do something good. It might be that let me perform the surakats. The surakats nafil. That thought too is a very great gift. Very great gift from Allah Ta'ala. This is a guest that comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala. And the person honors this guest by doing that good. And that guest will come again. One person wrote to Hazrat Mawlana Shaykh Ahmad Gangui And he said that at the time of tahajjud, every night, I used to sense as if somebody was shaking my foot to wake me up. Or pressing my foot to wake me up. And I would wake up. But when I would wake up, there was nobody there. So if that we felt, we probably won't even wake up for Fajr also. And Allah knows best whether that would be the end of us. So you see, but in any case, as soon as that would happen, my eyes would open. And then I would wake up and proceed immediately to perform, get prepared for tahajjud, udu, etc. And make my tahajjud salah. See, this carried on for a long time. One night, this happened as usual. But that night I was feeling a bit lazy. And I said, okay, just now. And I procrastinated to the point that the time of the Hajjud passed. I didn't wake up. So ever since this has stopped, this which used to happen for a long time, it has stopped. The Gungui Rahmatullah wrote back to him and said that, E latifa e ghaybi mehman e nazuk ast. In Persian, in Farsi, he wrote, the reply to him, that time Parsi and Persian was a very commonly used language also, that this was a guest from Allah Ta'ala's side. This was a guest from the unseen. And this is a guest with a very, very delicate temperament, very sensitive nature. Sometimes a person has a very sensitive nature, the slightest offense you cause him, 
But that's enough for him. He's not going to come back. So this guest also has a very sensitive nature. Now you showed it indifference. The least amount of indifference is shown to it is gone. This was hidden from the unseen. This was help from Allah Ta'ala. But you did not entertain it. You did not give it due consideration. This guest came. You ignored it. You ignored it. It now ignored you. It's gone. So this thought of righteousness, sometimes you're sitting in one bayan, Juma, or we're sitting in the talim, some other thing has inspired us, we're reading some good, authentic literature, whatever the means of that inspiration might have been, but then we delay it for another time. Okay, tomorrow I'll start with this. That tomorrow is only meant to just put it aside. When the tomorrow story starts coming in, that tomorrow is meant to mean, don't worry about it. And once we leave it for tomorrow, it never happens. But this is what's required, to hasten towards righteousness. So many things happen around us. But yet, unfortunately, we don't... Rasulullah it is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, that whenever just a strong wind would start blowing, he would hasten towards Salah. He would see clouds. He would hasten towards Salah. What if this is bringing azab, like a certain nation... The certain nation in the past, they saw some clouds coming and they said, Hada aridum mumtiruna. That, wow, look at these clouds, they are coming laden with rain and they are going to rain down upon us and this is going to bring so much of good for us. But Allah Ta'ala responded and said, Hada aridum mumtiruna, Balhuwa mastajaltum bi, rihun fiha azabun alim. No, no, don't think this is going to bring any good for you. This is that what you were saying, no, bring it, let it come. What are you talking about azab? When the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala was warning you, that don't get into all these vices and all these sins. This will bring down azab. You say, what azab? Bring it on. Let it come. So now it's coming. This is that wind is going to come with a severe azab. So Nabi Islam would see the clouds and see that people previously thought it was rain, it came with azab. What do I know what's coming? Let me hasten to salah. Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, somebody asked her, that how did Nabi Islam conduct himself at home? What was his manner at home? So first she says, because this person probably had a certain picture in his mind, that well Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam, his entire time, all his time at home probably, he's on the busalla maybe, maybe he's with the tasbih in his hand all the time, and maybe he is making tilawat all the time, Yes, indeed, a very great part of his day, his night, was engaged in these amal. In the Hadith Sharif, in the Shamayil, it is mentioned that Rasulullah his time indoors was distributed into three portions. Juz'an li ahlihi wa juz'an li nafsihi, juz'an li Allah wa juz'an li ahlihi wa juz'an li nafsihi. One portion for Allah Ta'ala. Dedicated for Allah Ta'ala. For the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. One third, one portion, dedicated for Allah Ta'ala. And one portion for his family. And one portion for himself. Then his portion, his portion also he gave back to people. Somebody had some need, somebody had to ask something, somebody had to sort out something. He gave them that portion again. But in this, he had one portion for his family. In that there would be in this particular hadith, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala was asked that how did Nabi Islam conduct himself indoors? 
Now this person had this thought in his mind, maybe the entire time he's just in the musalla, he's just in some amal. So she replies and says, Nabi Islam was one of us. And he would become part of the household. He would assist us in household chores. Subhanallah, can we imagine? In the ahadith of Shamail, details are mentioned. Nabi Islam would sometimes sweep the house. If he needed to some milk, he would go and milk the goat himself, which was a very menial task. If he needed to patch a garment, he didn't ask anybody to do it. He sat down to patch his own garment. Took a needle and thread and patched his own garment. If his shoes needed mending, he didn't give any instruction to somebody else. You do it. And all he needed was, forget give an instruction. Just merely give the slightest indication that there is a need to do something. And everybody would be vying with one another and competing with one another. Give me the chance to do it. But he didn't give any indication to anyone. He sat down to do it himself. So Aisha says that this was his condition at home. Yes, but there was one thing. We're talking about this hastening towards righteousness. He says, but when the azan would start, as soon as he would hear the azan, the words of the azan would fall into his ears. All this time he was one amongst us. He was a jovial and happy person talking to us. And there would be some light-hearted conversation, etc. And he would be helping us in our chores. Suddenly when the azan would be heard, it was as if he didn't recognize who we were. He didn't know us. As if we were strangers to him. His entire focus turned in an instant. In an instant his entire direction was now getting ready for salah. And hastening to the masjid for salah. In that one moment, for one moment, all this while, all the time before that, he was completely with that family, in their work, helping them out, being one of them, laughing and keeping them happy. But in that moment that the words of Azan came, as if he didn't know who we were. His entire focus turned towards the masjid. Allah forbid, when we are in the masjid also, it is as if sometimes we don't know we are in the masjid. We are in the house of Allah Ta'ala. What is the etiquette of the house of Allah Ta'ala? What is the respect of the house of Allah Ta'ala? How we are supposed to conduct our time in the masjid? What we are supposed to do in the masjid? In the masjid also the person is busy with what not, and busy on the social media, and looking at things which he shouldn't even be looking outside, or anywhere. And even the masjid has become a place of ghaflat. Whereas, in their lives, even the places outside the masjid was a place of zikr. The masjid just became a place of intense zikr. Even in that moment of light-heartedness with their family, in that moment of being part of one, in, one person among others in that home, but the heart was attached to Allah Taala. But that lesson of immediately hastening towards righteousness, And in so many ahadith, Rasulullah gives us that same message, that same lesson. In one hadith, Nabi says, Badiru bil a'mali fitanan, muslim. That hasten with doing good deeds. Don't procrastinate. Don't leave it for another time. And in other words, one is to say now some thought came in the mind, so then fine, act on it immediately. And somebody will say, well, I don't get any thoughts of doing good, so I'd rather carry on. No, we have to create that thirst. If a person doesn't feel hungry, that's regarded as a sickness. 
Many people, child now, the child just feeling hungry, he doesn't want to eat. Parents all become very, very concerned now. Get this child to eat somehow. Then sometimes they are going to a doctor, the doctor is prescribing something. That give him this, you start feeling hungry. In other words, the lack of hunger is an illness. Lack of hunger is a sickness. So when lack of physical hunger is a sickness, what level of sickness is lack of spiritual hunger? Lack of spiritual thirst. That is why Mala Rumi Rahmatullah in one couplet he says that Ab Majjo that don't go and search for water. Water is an essential thing. He says, don't go search for water. Don't worry about searching for water. Tishna our badas. He says, first create the thirst. Make yourself thirsty. Don't worry about going to look for water first. Just make yourself thirsty. When you will become thirsty, you will find water gushing out from everywhere. The water will look for you. But you become thirsty first. So create the thirst. The thirst will be created. Thirst will be created in the gatherings of the pious. In the company of the righteous. In the path of Allah wa ta'ala. In the gatherings of deen. This is where the thirst starts getting created. But it's not just like a passing thing once in a blue moon. But there's a constant engagement in these activities, in these amal. A person is regularly participating in the activities of deen, etc. Then slowly it starts gradually creating the thirst. Like that medication the doctor gave, the first drop doesn't create the thirst already. It's gradually one, two, three, five, the cause. By the fifth day now the person starts feeling some appetite coming back. So now it's not in one instant everything happens. So likewise, person keeps up at it, he starts creating the thirst for deen. Starts creating the hunger for akhirat. Starts becoming the, his aspirations then will start changing. From dunya, the aspirations of akhirat will start coming. So Nabi Islam is saying, Badiru bil a'mali fitanan. Badiru bil a'mal, yani qabla tazahuril fitan. Start hastening towards righteous deeds before the fitnas approach. Like the dark portions of the night. The night, as the night starts setting in, it starts getting dark. But every coming moment becomes darker. It's not that now, now it's dark already, sun has just set, so it's dark. So let me just leave it now, just now soon it will be light. Few minutes time, one hour's time will be light, then after that I'll do what I need to do. No, few minutes time will be darker. And one hour's time will be even more dark. And Allah knows best when the morning will come. The morning will be too late. So like the person now, there's still some twilight. The sun has just set. It's dark already up to a point. But there's still some twilight. Start doing what you can in that light. Because it will become totally dark, you don't know what you'll manage to do. So likewise, every other day is bringing more fitnas. Every other day is bringing greater challenges. And the person is complacent, he is feeling very comfortable about things. Not worry, we'll worry about it tomorrow. I'll change my life tomorrow. These wrong habits, I'll sort it out tomorrow. The good that I'm supposed to do, I'm not sorting it out yet tomorrow. My salah with jama'ah is not happening yet. Inshallah, I'm planning to go for umrah in six months time. After that, inshallah, all the namaz will be with jama'at. In six minutes' time, will I still be in dunya or not? I don't know. But I am planning to bring my salah, my jama'ah in order six months' time. Nabi Islam is saying, Badiru bil a'mali fitanan ka'qita'il muslim. And sometimes these fitnas become so intense 
And as time goes, every day comes with such intense fitnas. Nabi Islam says, beware of that time. That these fitnas become so intense. Yusbihur rajulu mu'minan wa yumsi kafira. A person will be a believer in the morning. By the time the evening comes, he's lost his iman. Because of the effect of the fitnas. Wa yumsi mu'minan wa yusbihur kafiran. In the night he was a believer, before the morning he lost his iman. He'll sell his iman for the paltry gain of dunya. He'll sell his iman for the material things of dunya. So this is that time that we are in, when every other day comes with more challenges, with greater fitnas. This is the time now to turn sincerely to Allah wa ta'ala, to start creating that thirst within us, creating that program of amal for ourselves. In our homes, it's not just that there's no, there's a time for everything. The children have a time for everything. They have the time for the homework of school. They have the time for their sports. There's time for Allah forbid for haram things. This program I can't miss. And that program is haram. So there's a program and there's a timetable for haram also. But the timetable for amal, that timetable doesn't exist. At the most, well, it's adhan gone, so now perform the salah and done. No, no, we need to start increasing amal. We need to start increasing istighfar. Istighfar for ourselves, istighfar on behalf of the entire ummah. Some very senior personalities of the Mufti Ahmad Khan Puri Sahib, very great senior Mufti of this time and age, he has been very strongly encouraging every person to recite istighfar. Generally the formula of istighfar, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, alladhi la ilaha illa wa al-hayyul qayyum wa tubu he now making plural in Arabic, astaghfirullah. That Hamza stands for the singular, I. I am seeking forgiveness. He says, make it plural, put the noon in place. Nastaghfirullah. Ya Allah, the whole ummah is seeking on behalf of the whole ummah. Every one of us. Nastaghfirullah. He says, minimum 300 times. Try and make it 3,000, he says. Why? Because we all are totally, we have to become part of this ummah and contribute towards the goodness of this ummah. And become a means of uplifting this azab out of the ummad. With what? With our amal. And refraining from sin. Not contributing towards the hardship of the ummad. By also indulging in haram, indulging in sin. Otherwise we too are contributing towards the difficulties and hardships. This is the lesson to now start hastening towards good deeds. Competing with those who are doing better than us in deen. In dunya, we look at those who have lesser than us. But in deen, we look at those who have done better than us. And try to compete with them. For the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone. That he is getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Let me also get closer to Allah Ta'ala. He is going to the masjid for salah with jama'ah every day. Let me get there before him also. Not to show him anything. No, no. Because I want to get closer to Allah Ta'ala as well. And I want to get even closer to Allah Ta'ala. Likewise, somebody is making tilawat. Let me make more tilawat. Somebody is making zikr, tasbihat daily. I will also do the same and do more. And like that, all the other righteous actions, somebody is, mashallah, got beautiful akhlaq, I will try to surpass him in his good akhlaq. The sahaba never competed with anybody in dunya. This person has got that, I also need to have it. This person is doing this, in terms of dunya, I also need to do it. In dunya, they never did this. But in terms of akhirat, this was the competition they had. Let us also compete for akhirat, this will bring us closer to Allah Ta'ala. We'll 
enjoy the barakat and blessings of it in dunya already, but the real place is akhirat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes and then dua. It's reported in the hadith sharif that the person recites la ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and this will become a means of his staying safe from sin. This will grant him this great honor on the day of qiyamah. Therefore inshallah we should try that we make this our daily practice to recite la ilaha illallah hundred times at home, in our own space, wherever. But we try to make this a part of our daily program inshallah. Recite the Rushri. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi is Allah anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu la ilaha illallah 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 muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam दिल मेरा हो जाए एक मैदान हूँ तू ही तू हो तू ही तू हो तू ही तू गैर से बिल्कुल ही उठ जाए नजर तू ही तू आए नजर देखू जिधर 
और मेरे तन में बजाए आमोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सो शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह ए मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पना मुझसा खल्क में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है यार अब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुनाह अब तो रहे बस्तादम आखिर विरदे जुबाए मेरे शुक्र कुल्लु अल्लाह मला नफसी सना अनिक अंत कमा अस्नेता नफसिक 
سبحان الله وبحمده عدد خلقه ورضا نفسه وزنة عرشه ومداد كلماته جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا غلبنا أنفسنا ولبنا أنفسنا ولبنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرتها ولا همبا إلا فرجتها ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمثنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا لا تزه قلوبنا ربنا لا تزه قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله وموس مرسفل موس gracious موس kind موس لبيك الله إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all our major minor sins يا الله make us your true and loyal servants يا الله يا الله for too long we have contributed to the azab of the ummah يا الله يا الله make us those who contribute towards the goodness of the ummah يا الله إله العالمين enable us to hasten towards righteous deeds يا الله enable us to hasten towards salah يا الله enable us to perform every salah with jamaah يا الله Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, ya Allah. Enable us to hasten towards tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, ya Allah. Enable us to hasten towards zikr and dua, ya Allah. Enable us to hasten towards generosity, ya Allah. Enable us to hasten towards the khidmat of deen, ya Allah. Bilahul alameen, ya Allah. Save us from all the vices and evils, ya Allah. Save us from all the sins, ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears and tongue, ya Allah. From the sins of the hands and feet, ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts of every evil, ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts from the pride, malice, from the jealousy, from the greed, ya Allah. From all the sins of the heart, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhammad, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhammad, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, ya Allah. With the love of the amal of deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, with the love of the khidmat of deen, ya Allah. Accept us in our progeny till qiyamah for the khidmat of deen, with ikhlas and afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Forgive us, ya Allah. Forgive our families, ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, shower your maghfirat on the ummah, ya Allah. Shower your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the pain and suffering of the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties of the ummah, ya Allah. Remove the oppression from the ummah, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, hold back the hands of the oppressors, ya Allah. Allah, grant them hidayat also, ya Allah. Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Allah, remove them from the face of this earth, ya Allah. Allah, bring such a punishment on them, ya Allah, that becomes a lesson for mankind till qiyamah, ya Allah. 
Allahul Alamin Allah make us your true and obedient servants ya Allah save us from all the fitnas ya Allah Allahul Alamin Allah grant us ittiba'i sunnati ya Allah enable us to follow in the mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah all those are sick give them complete shifa and afiyat ya Allah remove every trace of their ailments ya Allah those are in financial difficulties remove it with afiyat ya Allah grant barakah in each one's rizq ya Allah grant us halal and tayyib rizq ya Allah Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Those are in worries, depression, anxieties. Ya Allah, all the kinds of hardships and difficulties. Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Grant peace and tranquility in the hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who have passed away from our families to all the ummad. Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, in the time of our death, Ya Allah, take us with total and perfect iman, Ya Allah. Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death, Ya Allah, in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make our covers gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you become pleased with us, Ya Allah. Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah. Make us yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all the things that Rasulullah begged for, Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Allah, you grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have raised their hands with this dua, Allah, you know each one's heart, Ya Allah. You know the cry of each one's heart, Ya Allah. You, Allah, fulfill each one's jai's needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Allah, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you grant the best of dunya and akhirah to each one, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us our greatest need, Ya Allah. That we become yours, Ya Allah. That you become ours, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka min hunabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka min hunabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين الحمد لله